Hi, this is Kyle. And this is Rich. Welcome to episode 75 of Chew the Metal, a podcast where we take a deep dive into a rock or metal album and see if we can learn something. This week, it's A Death Grip on Yesterday by Atreyu. Let's get into it. sound like if they did the intro it would start like this <gasps> and then <"Rah!" laughs> and it'd just be <laughs> like that yeah yeah um how are you kyle i'm fine rich merry merry no not merry new year that's not what people say hey, we can say it sure it's merry new year <laughs> merry new year to you <laughs> uh it's been a long time since we spoke uh so it's nice to see you again um but yeah, yeah. All, all fine um not exactly i told you off air not not very excited to be back at work but had a lovely christmas break managed to see my family you know yeah, sort of had a bit of a quick jaunt around the country didn't catch covid so all's good yeah, I was for gonna me. Say, that's that's the most impressive part that you went from bristol to manchester to cornwall and back to bristol and yeah. didn't get covid i know smashed it well done thank you so how about you how are you you okay I am, yeah, I'm very well. I uh, saw my best friend today, hadn't seen him in a while because he had COVID over Christmas um, and I was uh, running out of days to see him before he flew back to Germany. But yeah, um, yeah, managed to see him today and otherwise all good. Still off work for a couple more days. Living the dream. Yeah. The the only thing we need to talk about, well, there's a few things I suppose, but since Mm. since our last record, you have watched Cold Lasagna Hate Myself 1999. Uh, uh, uh. I've also watched Spider-Man No Go- No Way Home. No Way Is Home, that what it's yeah. Called? You've also I think we've both watched Encanto. I may have uh set up watched like that, yeah. Yeah, I've got Letterbox back on and I've so I've seen all of your recent watches because <laughs> ah. you're the only well, person also, I follow, so. We also watched Tick Tick Boom the other day as well. I've not watched that yet. Talking of Lin-Manuel Miranda's yeah. takeover of the world. Yes, I was going to say I won't say it doesn't matter. What were you going to say? I was going to say and Andrew Garfield, but it's maybe still a spoiler. So. That's not a spoiler at this point. I is mean, it? you'd, you'd imagine no. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Andrew. Everyone knows he's in Encanto. <laughs> oh, I wish he was best guy. Uh, so, uh, what what did you think of James? I on on air, I said that I thought it was better than Repertoire, and you were incredulous. How do you feel on the well, other side? Well, I was incredulous because Repertoire is just four incredible hour like hour pieces, ridiculous um, yes. of just like really good funny james acaster style comedy yeah um so i was like well how how is this going to be very different that it's like obviously much better Mm. and it's just like it's so i guess in the same way that inside bobo burnham is captivating because it's like he's just being so real and like open which i mean everyone should be but people aren't as he speaks about in the in the thing but like it's so refreshing just to see a guy just actually talking about his mental health and and things that he's been thinking and feeling also doing it in a very funny way obviously and yeah. just like tying everything together a little bit of uh you know liberal humor in there as well yeah. anti-brexit humor never yeah. never goes amiss in my household no absolutely not <laughs> yeah i it's, um, so, yeah, i agree with you it's, it's mad isn't it that it, that he's he did the four shows which were somehow tied together and it's just like a work of genius and I don't know and then he sort of takes a sidestep into 
just open honesty instead of pretending mm. to be an undercover cop for four hours. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's just as good. And oh, I have like every routine in it. I must have rewatched it now a fair few times. Every now and then I'm like, oh, I just want to rewatch the Bake Off routine. Or, oh, I think I'll mm-hmm. just rewatch the Rowan Atkinson bit. And it's yeah. just like, the it's just perfection. Because his, his general brand, I guess, and especially in repertoire and on uh, his podcast and stuff, it is quite like, absurd yes well, not, it's not like absurdism comedy like it's not eddie izzard style comedy, no. but it's very like silly sort yeah. of stuff yeah so then for that sort of comedy to still work and and to gel so well with such like a sensitive and real world subject is just like oh this has worked incredibly well well done yeah. you <laughs> Yes, 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 yes. In the meantime, we've also yes, through Christmas. Show. We've been trying. <laughs> we've been through Christmas. It's much harder, as you pointed out uh, to me over text, to to focus on two albums during the Christmas period. But we've managed it. Yeah. We're here. Especially, yeah. I mean, this isn't exactly a family-friendly Christmas no. <laughs> album. This one. No. Uh, but uh, we are here to talk about a death grip on yesterday by Atreyu uh, from two thousand and six. Yes. Had you heard this before? Had you listened to a train before? No, I think I said I remember them from the Kerrang days, but I like I think I said on the last episode the only thing I remember is that their drummer has three bass drums. I don't know if that's even true. I just remember there was a music video where he had three bass drums. I think they were on like a rooftop. Don't remember the song. Don't know what year it was. That's all I remember about mm-hmm. a train. Uh, I think I think he did have three bass drums at this point. <clears throat> yeah. Um, he's now the front man. At the yeah. Um, so. <laughs> yeah. No, no drum kit for him anymore. <laughs> Poor guy. Um, which I think is such an interesting. I mean, we'll, he he was doing some vocals at this point, so I guess we'll talk about that yeah. sort of transition and stuff. But um, but yes, he did have three drum uh, bass drums at this point. Yes. So you knew this album, you knew this band, you you're a big fan. What what happened? Yeah, I I was a big fan of them when I mean this came out in 2006, so I was 16 when this came out. I think it's sort of the perfect age for a band like this it's yeah. it's very sort of angsty and and it's very mid-noughties as well very um, much uh you don't like even though it's metalcore and you still get metalcore it, it doesn't feel like you get this kind of band anymore mm-hmm. um and even though they're still around as well like they're a very different band now and that genre is a very different thing now right um so it just feels like a sort of almost like a time capsule to 15 years ago and yeah. to be like oh yeah i remember i remember <laughs> being like really into this album and and uh into i mean i had the i think i had the two before this and then the one off the two after that as well and then i oh, sort okay. of stopped listening to them yeah so i was i was quite big into them um yeah i got into them because they did a cover of you give love a bad name by bon jovi right the first song i heard by them which, okay you know is a great way in surely is uh, and yeah, so should we do a bit of background on them? We we probably should. Go ahead. How much how much did you know? Um, well, do you know where the name Atreyu comes from? Only did because you, know you only because you told me last week. I did not. I've, I've oh, never seen the right. Never Ending Story, but I, I know that it's <sighs> okay. Is it the kid? You were unsure last time. The kid? Is it the dragon? Uh, I Neither. still don't know. I think okay. it's, I think it's the kid. <laughs> <laughs> I don't remember it. It's very uh, very long time ago. I saw that thing. Uh, I've never read it either. No, me neither. Um, they were originally called Retribution, though, when they formed in 1998. Yeah. Um, they were called Retribution, and they did a few sort of like self-released EPs and things, um, and they didn't actually have an official drummer at that point. And then um, Ryan Sala, who at that time was 
blah, 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 blah. He was, what was he doing in the band? Uh, oh, what was he, he doing? He wasn't even listed in the original lineup. But uh, No, he was not. That's confusing. Maybe he just knew them. Yeah, I guess so. Well, it does say invited his younger brother. How do you invite someone yeah. when you're not in the band? <laughs> Don't know. Very strange. Um, Very strange. So maybe, yeah, we, we probably should have done our research a slightly better than this. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, so they, they invited Brandon to drum. Uh, he was only 13 at that point. Fucking um, what? And he was, I think he was like 15 when they released their first album. So uh, that was, that's pretty nuts. But um, they, yes, yeah, so they did that, a couple of EPs and things. Um, and I think they pretty much had their sound straight away. It was just a, a much more lo-fi version of it, yeah. less produced, less glossy. Um, and then they released their uh, debut album in 2002, which is called Suicide Notes and Butterfly Kisses. Uh, very naughty's name. Very. Um, followed that with um, The Curse, which was a big seller, went gold in America. Um, and then they did this album, which is their third album, A Death Grip on Yesterday. Um, and just as like a, a thing for us talking about the album as i said the curse went gold and then the next album went gold but this one didn't for some reason oh Oh. um yeah strange that is strange that is strange actually so Uh, so does this sound like their first two uh yes yes it does yeah okay i think maybe the first one is slightly rawer and uh less melodic okay but um certainly the curse um has got some very similar styles of stuff, and I, I mean, I think their their general style stayed the same for all of that. Um, and as I said earlier, that they sort of, in a, in a similar way to how pa- um, Papa Roach went from new metal to quite like straightforward American rock. Yeah. Um, these guys um, have yeah, pretty much up from the fourth album it got a little bit more mellow, and then the fifth album was a bit even more mellow, and then after oh. that they've just become just a rock band. Oh, okay. Yeah. So um, like no I screaming guess, at all yeah. anymore. No screaming. Well, especially now because Brandon's the front man and yeah. Alex isn't in the band. Um, um, but he didn't actually leave until like twenty twenty, I think. Oh. Um. So it's it's not like it was him leaving that changed it, but yeah, yeah, I, yeah, it's a very strange uh, trajectory for the guys. I don't don't really know why it happened or what what happened. I mean, they went on hiatus for a while as well. Oh, okay. But, um, I was gonna say okay. Uh, so if they got rid yeah. of the screaming, does he just s- sort of stand around when they're not playing the old songs? Uh, yeah, I don't know. Maybe, well, maybe someone else does it, like for the old uh, for the old songs. Oh, so Mark, who's the bassist. Mark does it now, um, yeah. But if the other guy didn't leave, if uh, oh, see what you if mean. Alex didn't leave, was he just sort of like twiddling his thumbs? <laughs> he was just like amping up the crowd when yeah. they were playing the new stuff. Yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't really know. <laughs> so, what to say about the album? It peaked at number nine in America in the album chart, which That's... I was really surprised to see. Yeah. 2006, yeah. Because... But like you say, it's weird, especially considering it didn't sell that well, like at the time. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, it's weird. Like the previous one, yeah, well, the the, the ones either side must have sold, was it 500,000 in America? Mm. Yeah, and that's this gold. one, I think, has sold like 180,000 in America. Yeah. So really not as well, no. but it got to number nine. Maybe it was just a slow year. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, number one at the time was the High School Musical soundtrack. Well, so. that explains that. 
<laughs> yeah, not not exactly brimming with uh, <laughs> number ones at the time, I guess. Um, and it got to number ninety two in the UK. That's more uh, back where... to back to tradition. Exactly, yeah. Where a band called Embrace were number one. Do you know Embrace? I do not know. No, fine. Okay. Um, and yeah, so what else to say? It's produced by a guy called Josh Abraham, who has a very mixed uh, discography. I recognize he's, his um, face. His face? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, well, he's Someone's got a good face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but he's. I mean, he's, as a producer and a mixer and engineer, he's worked with, like, uh, well, he did Crazy Town, their, their you know, oh my big God. album. Oh, my God, right. Um, and he, oh, he produced uh, Chocolate Starfish by Limp Bizkit. Maybe that's why I recognise his face. Break the Cycle by Stained, oh, uh, Reanimation by Linkin Park. But he's also worked with, like, um, so he did, like, Weezer and... Uh, uh, so this year, the year he did Death Grip on Yesterday, he also worked with Slayer and did Christ Illusion with them, but also did an album with Pink. Oh, like you do. Um, and then since then, he's done he's done work with still with like uh, like heavier bands, but he's also worked with like Shakira, Kelly Clarkson, Adam Lambert, uh, Flo Rider, and Justin Bieber. So, you know, well. <laughs> Whatever pays the bills. I guess so. Yeah, he's he's also done a lot more songwriting. Um, oh, okay. For that for that more recent stuff as well. So, um, I guess yeah, it's a it's a paying gig. It surely it? is. Um, and it's mastered, of course, by our good friend Ted Jensen. Of course. Classic. Um, and it was released on victory i believe mm-hmm. is that right yeah, yeah. That's, that's but it was correct. recorded uh it was recorded at pulse recordings in la uh which is where biffy have done a lot of stuff okay and uh christ illusion was done there as well so i guess josh sort of worked there uh deftones have done some stuff there stained oh. have worked there um so basically a lot of the albums that he did have have been done there coheed and right. cambria have been, have been uh have worked there uh, yeah, lots of uh, lots of random stuff. Velvet Revolver, Pink, Bowling for Soup, Avril Lavigne. It's Jesus. quite a quite a mixed bag as well. Mm, it really <laughs> um, is. And we should also just give a shout out to. I know we'll we'll, we'll do a uh, a lineup, but we should give a shout out to Brandon Salah, the drummer in this point, the frontman now, because we've been talking about him. He's uh, he's just posted about a uh, an accident he was in. He's uh, it was in a year ago, but I guess he hadn't really talked about it. But he's sort of still recovering but he tripped over a baby gate in his home and landed on a glass Jesus. and he's like he by the sounds of it almost like took his whole hand off Fuck. uh so he can like he can barely play drums still even though it's been a year and uh he's still i think having a tough time recovering from that so christ yeah we, uh, we hope him a f- speedy recovery yeah jesus christ get well soon yeah. brandon i know all over a baby gate i mean Crazy stuff. Yeah. One more reason to not have babies. <laughs> uh, do you want to do a lineup of the band? Sure. So at this time, it was uh, Alex Varkatsis Varkats- uh, on lead vocals. Yep. Uh, Dan Jacobs on the lead guitar. Travis Miguel on rhythm guitar. Mark McKnight on the bass. And as you said, Brandon Salah on the clean vocals. And he was also playing drums at this time. And he's listed as percussion and additional guitar and keyboards and programming. So he was clearly doing literally everything. And he couldn't be asked anymore. So he was like, look, I'm just going to be the singer. 
Let somebody <laughs> else fucking do that shit. Yeah. Well, rightly so, I guess. Yeah. Um, which is quite interesting if he was the guy that was like brought in as some random guy's brother yeah. to like fill the spot. <laughs> and now he's like, this is my band now, guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I am in control. Absolutely. Um, what uh, what else do we want to say before we get into the songs? Anything? I mean, it's a pretty short album. It's nine it, songs, 33 it certainly minutes. Is. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm happy to just give a track listing and let's go. Let's do it. Okay, so you've got Creature, Shameful, R6 Story, brackets, Thus Far, The Theft, We Stand Up, X's and O's, Your Private War, My Fork in the Road, brackets, Your Knife in My Back, a classic mid-noughties title, mm, mm. and then Untitled Finale. Yes. Some great song names. Yeah. Um, cool. Okay. So, it's your first uh, first rendezvous with Atreyu. How did you mm-hmm. feel with the first song? It's cool. I really like the way this starts. I think they were a lot... They're heavier than I thought they were. I don't know why. Okay. I think I mm-hmm. thought... I guess I thought they were on the cusp of this sort of music, but also I think I thought they were like pop punk, maybe? Oh, okay. Maybe yeah. they were somewhere down the line and not not mm-hmm. quite as heavy as they are. So it was. You a thought surprise. they were maybe going to be a bit more like day to remember sort of stuff. Yeah, I think so. I'd, I'd say that's about the, yeah. the the what I was expecting. So yeah, I wasn't ready for it to be screaming and like riffing, mm-hmm. you know, and like double bass drum and all that sort of stuff. Um, yeah. But it's cool. I mean, the fact that the album starts with an inhale is generally one of the coolest things I've ever heard in my life. <laughs> it is, but I I sort of have issues with this this whole opening. Like it's a cool way to start. Yeah. But. I don't think this song is an album opener at all. Oh, okay. Yeah. (laughs) I don't know why. I think it's just like, it feels like it's supposed to continue straight on from something else. Okay, yeah, I could see that, yeah. And I I wonder if you listen to the end of Curse (laughs) and then straight into this, maybe it... He breathes out. (laughs) Yeah, exactly, yeah. (laughs) But it's just, uh, I don't know, some of the songs, they have these big intros to them Mm -hmm. and uh, they work really well and and some of them, they just go straight in and... I think I I take issue slightly with that, and I, that's just personal choice. But okay, so you wouldn't yeah. you you change the sequencing, but for sure I would start with shameful any day of the week. Got you. Okay, sure. Yeah, but that doesn't take you just away. Gotta, from... You got to ease someone into the album. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah I guess so. Rather, <laughs> <laughs> that is literally exactly what happens. Uh, yeah. But it's cool. I mean, I love, yeah, the riffing's cool. They do this sets up a thing that becomes like a theme for the album, which is that. They they don't like to necessarily repeat sections or at least repeat riffs, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like this starts with that cool riff in like the three time, um, mm-hmm. and then you know it drops down. And you get the big chords with the big like anthemic chorus. But then the second verse is a completely different riff, where he's playing yeah. like chugs, and then there's like a weird pre-chorus that suddenly appears that wasn't there the first time, you know, and yeah. then. And then there's like a breakdown and then maybe it sometimes goes back to the chorus. Sometimes they just like add another part in and you never hear the chorus again. And sometimes yeah. both ver- like verse, there's a verse and then a different verse and then a chorus and then a pre-chorus and then back to a verse. It's like they, they really don't like the structures. Like, considering all the songs are about three minutes long. Yeah. It's, it's very experimental, at least in terms of structure, I would say. It is, isn't it? Yeah. It's, it's really interesting. And I think... Their riffs are quite interesting going through because they're never actually... You expect from this type of band, you expect their riffs to be quite flashy. Yeah. And and his his like riffs... So generally you've got one of them like doing muted chords or like 
syncopated chords, yeah, sort of like in the threes and stuff. And then the other one, I guess, uh, Dan doing some riffing over the top in the yeah. verses and, and choruses. And generally, it's like quite simple stuff, like yeah, yeah, or like there's a lot of like he uses two notes a lot, yeah, and and just those things, and it doesn't actually do a huge like it's not like a trivium sort of situation no it's not um and i think i think a lot about avenged sevenfold when i listen to these guys yes yes um, yes especially because brandon's voice sounds very much like matt's um and then you know with that in your head you think about sinister gates and his riffing yeah and then you're like oh this is quite like standard compared to that and not that that's a bad thing but it's it's just what you sort of come to expect from from certain genres i guess isn't it yeah for stuff that sounds this heavy at the time you like you say you think bullet you think trivium you think mm. kill switch which is mm-hmm. all very technical like that yeah and this is yeah. like you say this is more there's a lots of match like with the bass drum and stuff like that yeah but it's normally just that, like an open string. It's not like a like it is just no. open, 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 like yeah, or just like octave chords as well. Lots of octaves, lots of like three pull off, like if they're gonna do a like that sort of deal. Yeah, but I mean, and that's cool. Apart from one, there is one riff that we'll talk about later that's fucking nuts, but. But we'll talk about that later. Um, but yeah, it's cool. I think this sets the tone for the album. Like, I know you don't agree that it's a yeah. good opener, but I think mm-hmm. it, it encapsulates in a very short time the type of thing you're going to get for the most part for the rest of the record. Definitely, yeah. It's quite punky, I guess, yeah. and it's and it, it just it does just hit you like he inhales and then he just explodes at you for for yeah. three minutes and and everything's short, everything just like comes and goes. Yeah, nothing sticks around like longer than like. You know, everything is short apart from the the final song, which I think has a reason for being longer than it is. Yeah, uh, not longer than it is, no, just <laughs> as long as it is. Yes. Um, but uh, yeah, it, it is quite punky, and and therefore I guess the the simplicity of it makes sense. Yeah. Um, and it, also, he he proves time and time again with solos that it's not simple because they're not good guitarists. Yeah. No, absolutely not. Because his solos, we again we'll talk about them, yeah. but they are yeah, they're pretty pretty flashy. Yeah, they are. Um, before we get too far, do we want to talk about voices? We do want to talk about voices, yeah. Because I think, mm. I mean, you've already said basically what I was going to say, which is that Brandon has, like, to me, he's like right down the line of Air of Matt from Avenged Sevenfold mm-hmm. and Patrick Stump. Every now and then he sounds a bit like Patrick yeah. Stump to me. Yeah. And he's got this straight down the middle. Um, Alex's voice has a bit of... Um, uh, Alexis on fire to me, like that sort of shout, yeah. like like you say, more like yeah. a punky, like a hardcore shout instead of a yeah. instead of a Randy from Lamb of God like guttural yeah. scream. Um, and I think they work well together. I can't always tell who's who because I read a review for this album and they were saying that that uh, Alex explores his range a bit more, and some of the clean stuff is Alex. And oh, so, right. and so okay. I'm I'm not always sure who I'm sort of complimenting. You know what I mean? I'm like, oh, that bit was good, but I don't yeah. really know who yeah. to attribute it to. But I think I think they work really well together. I certainly, you know, I I, I like it. Neither, neither of them are like like super flashy, but they don't need to be. Like mm-hmm. they've, you've got the big yeah. choruses with the nice melodies, and you've got like a, a you know a, a good shouty voice, and and it works fine. Do you do you hate them? Do you like them? How do you feel? Yeah, no, I, I really like Brandon's clean voice. Yeah, um, absolutely, it's really nice, and uh, it do, it does lend itself to a nice big sort of sing along chorus, mm-hmm. quite epic. 
feeling yep. feeling stuff at most of the times. Um, I think Alex's scream is like really accomplished and like it's it's a good screaming voice, but I don't know if it's necessarily my taste anymore. Yeah, um, it's quite it is quite guttural actually. I, I hadn't really thought about that. I like it quite punky and raspy and stuff, but I think it just sort of reminds me of like uh, like post hardcore sort of stuff that I would have been listening to at that time rather yeah. than. I don't know. Yeah, there is there is something about them that doesn't quite f- put them in the same category as Killswitch or yes, um, or uh, who else is in that sort of category? Trivium, uh, Trivium is a bit different. Than I mean, Killswitch, but like yeah, any yeah. of that early like the like Lamb of God, that sort of yeah, Lamb of God, yeah, new, new uh, yeah. metal. Sorry, yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I think they do work together. There's also some background screaming in this first song, which I guess would be Mark, maybe live at least. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. again, it's hard to tell. There's a lots of overlap. There's lots of background faded shouting and stuff. And I'm not, I'm yeah. never quite sure who's who, but that's all right. Yeah. Um, and I do love that semi-muted note that they end the song with. Just a dum dum. Yeah, great. it is a great end. Great stuff. Um, but yeah, then we get into the song which should have opened the <laughs> album. So you like Shameful. that? The, the, that's your punk, like your fast drumming and your, your building exactly, snare. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, nice high picking riff. And yeah, yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's cool. I I think it's, I think because it, I don't know, it's just a strange thing to open an album with a song that's just straight in, like after one and a half seconds. Yeah, like I feel like you want to, I don't know, build something slightly. You want you want clenching the fist of descent on every album. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe not even that, but like, I don't know. One day remains doesn't open with. Miles no. like singing at you straight away. Like at least you have the band build up in an yeah. intro and then and then going in. I know that you don't have to follow a a uh, no. I, I know formula you mean every it. time, and it's good to to get away from it. But yeah, I think I just like to feel more comfortable. Maybe yeah. Not that this album is supposed to make you feel comfortable for sure. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's good. I think it um it sort of really emphasizes their like massive sing along choruses. They use oh, yeah. gang vocals quite a lot. Um, and it's, uh, it's, I mean, it's quite a strange thing to like have these big, like sing along gang vocally chanty bits when most of the album is about dealing with alcohol dependency. It's yeah. sort of yeah. a weird dichotomy. It is quite just strange. like, yeah, this is so much fun to sing along to. Yeah. Oh wait, this guy's really having an issue. Yeah. <laughs> this guy's <laughs> having trouble. Struggling quite a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but again, it's, it's a, like a, I think as a lyricist, he's really great. Hmm. For, for, I mean, for this kind of music, like his uh, his lyrics are pretty solid. I would say. Yeah, I would I would agree. Yeah, because it could be um, it could easily be the the I mean we've already said them the day to remember the woe is me my life's yeah. so hard. Yeah, and it's not exactly. No, he's he's not saying oh god it's so hard like everyone just keeps offering me all this alcohol because yeah. I'm a really <laughs> really I'm successful so famous. I'm on the road all yeah. the time. Ah. Oh. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's pretty good. I I think. I don't know, I think it's just this song has like a lot more differences in tone and, and sections and things. Whereas mm-hmm. when they're when their riffs are less intricate and, and it's mostly chuggy based, it's yeah. quite like straight down the line, like that's what you're getting. And especially like because there's no like riff build up, there's no instrumental build up, it's just like and we're in and it's at this sort of level. Whereas this song has these like ebbs and flows and tones and space yeah. and and things like that. Um, it just feels a lot more like a single, I guess, which you wouldn't necessarily want to start with a single, but um, I think this album, for me, 
you can really tell which songs are singles and which songs maybe they didn't think about quite so much. Yeah. <laughs> um, but if we're talking big instrumental opens, then how do you like our sixth story, Kyle? I mean, you know I love the 12-8. This has a very event sevenfold. Like that lead line comes in over the fast strumming, you know what I mean? Yeah, and then you get a dig like that sort of, yeah. Like, yeah, the riff in this is pretty fucking cool, actually. That sort of that sort of thing, the swung thing, and then it moves like that sort of, that's quite like a Tremonti idea. Yeah, yeah. It's cool. And it is but... actually quite sinister, Gatesy, because he, yeah. he plays a lot with like holding notes and bending like every single note. Yeah. On, on a riff like that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, you know, it's it's not like a. I don't know. I feel like we've spent a lot of time recently saying, "Oh, this sounds a bit like Dimebag. This sounds a bit like Dimebag." Yeah. Finally, we we get a week where it doesn't sound anything like Dimebag. No, not even but close. But it sounds like sounds like other stuff, which yeah. is nice. <laughs> yes, 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 yes. Uh, the, and the chorus in this is less. It's less of the big, the big, you know, the drop in pop punky thing because it it yeah. stays it stays constant. The drum doesn't stop, and there's like a fast moving octave thing. So it's not your uh, you sort of learn that it's not just a formulaic. We drop down to big mm-hmm. chords for the big stadium chorus, and then back to our metal yeah. side. Like at least you know again they they sort of play around with your expectations. You know, yeah, which is yeah because cool. the the double bass pedal just keeps going straight through the chorus. Never stops. It? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Maybe that's why he's got three, just so they, they don't get worn out. Yeah. His, his legs are knackered, <laughs> but at least his drums are fine. Yes, that may well be true. So we should talk about his solo, because this is the first guitar solo on the album. Yeah. I think he's a very interesting soloist. Mm-hmm. Like, in terms of phrases, I'd, like, he doesn't play... You know, this has, like... It sort of has a little journey to it, this solo. Like, it's not just shredding, and it's not... No. Not just all really slow bends or whatever, or like pentatonic. It's like there's a bit of sweep and then there's a bit of fast. Yeah. And then, you know, you get a bit of bending and then it ends with a like as fast as you can yeah. go. It's cool. Like, and it's sort of for the whole album, every time we do a solo, like it picks your ears up and you're like, oh, yeah, that's a cool little, just a cool little 30 yeah. second. Like, it it definitely sounds like it, it goes somewhere, yes. doesn't it? Rather yeah. than just going, I'm going to shred around this note for a bit. Yeah. It's yeah, it's it's interesting because it, I think with the the spaces and the gaps that he leaves as well, it's almost like he's like, going okay now I'm here, and then on the next round I'll go up to here and then yeah. maybe time for a bit of this other style and then I'm gonna go do this like yeah, it, it sounds very like measured but it also sounds very sort of, um, almost impro- improvised. Yeah, I would agree with that. Yeah, and not that I don't absolutely love Trivium and their solos, but like. Considering everything else that you think of at the time, where all the yeah. solos were like two people back to back trading off, trying <laughs> yeah. to just beat each other for speed, it's nice yeah. to hear someone that was like, "Ah, I'll try a different thing." Actually, yeah, yeah, I like it. Um, what else is there? Oh, I just wanted to talk about his guitar tone, though, especially yeah. at the end of this song, um, like when it gets to that single note, it's like did did that bit at the end. The tone of his guitar sounds really like muddy, and it doesn't yeah. always on the album. No, but it sounds a bit too fuzzy and like not as crisp as you'd expect. I yeah. guess again because like you're used to that kill switch, like clean as hell yeah. production. Yeah. Um, and then this is like it's good production, but it it's just a very 
muddy, dirty tone compared to, to compared to the other bands that were playing at the time. Yeah, absolutely. I can't remember which track it's on, but there's one where the left ear is playing a riff and the right ear is just just chugs. And those chugs are like, it's like he's recorded it on his practice amp. It's just yeah. like, dug-a-dun, dug-a-dun, and it sounds like he literally got his phone out and put it near his amp and he was like, let's yeah. use this. <laughs> like, it's cool. Like, it's, yeah, like you say, it's nice to not hear... Like, oh, that's a Mesa Boogie or whatever, or that's a plug-in, yeah. like, perfect, crisp amp. Yeah, I mm-hmm. like it. Um, well, time for a ballad now. Time for a ballad. The Theft. Do you like it? It's a very different yeah. style to the rest I, of the album. I do like it. Maybe because it's quite different to the rest of the album. Like you say, it's probably, mm-hmm. I assume this was a single. I didn't actually check, but it sounds like it's probably a single. I think it was single. a single, yeah. Yeah. Let me just check what was a single. Yeah. Uh, yes, X is a no. Oh, Shameful wasn't a single. That's oh, ridiculous. Uh, the Theft was a second single. X is a nose was the lead single, followed by The Theft. Yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, I, I do like this. It's like it starts, you know, it starts quite big. There's like an octave, you know, and you think you may be in for a, like a slow version of what's come before. Mm-hmm. And then it drops down to just rim shots and some ooze and like an entirely yeah. harmonized vocal line and a clean guitar. And it's like yeah, some oh, strings in there as well. I yeah, think. yeah. And it's like, oh, okay. So it's so. Is this where they ended up? This this idea of I clean guitars and and harmonies and blah. I don't know if it's where they ended up because I accidentally listened to like their latest single. Um, it came on as like the next song on Spotify one one time when I finished the album, and it's definitely not this. Um, <laughs> but I this is a bit more where like the next couple of albums went okay they were still like they still like i mean this song ends up distorted and um you know still like sort of big rock sound it's not just clean arpeggios the whole way through but um yeah i think there was a lot of stuff on uh lead sales and paper anchors which was no paper sales and lead no yeah lead sales paper anchors <laughs> that's the one um it's the opposite of what you'd expect it to yes be, i guess um, there was a lot on that which was more sort of you could imagine it on a normal rock radio I guess yeah which I could with this yeah absolutely but even even within that it's still so you get that rim shot but after the chorus mm-hmm. it doesn't go back to that the second verse no. is like chugging and a riff and then and then a double time verse appears out of absolutely fucking nowhere yeah and then you get the big chorus again and then there's like a synthy yeah. outro so even within the idea of a single or a clean track it's not yeah they're not like playing by the rules really no it's true it is true i mean i, I quite like the uh the clean i think i definitely prefer the clean version of the verse than the me too the distorted 100%. verse because it it sort of sounds like they've gone right how can we distort this yeah like, how can we make this slightly heavier and it's like yeah it, it works yeah but I, I don't know if it's like as no. impactful yeah you don't always need to change every verse yeah 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 but i i do love how the um because it's picking and riffs depending on which verse you're in, yeah. the fact that the chorus is just this repeated like octave note, which just goes, like just swells up. Like that's quite a fun, like repetitive. I think they do a lot of stuff on the album, which is quite this repetitive thing, especially later on when, and it works really well. Like a simple repeated thing can sometimes be as good as a really non-repetitive intricate thing yeah absolutely yeah um and yeah it does does work um i think near the end in the background underneath i mean there's so many layers towards the end 
But I think there's someone going, ba, ba, da, ba, ba, ba. <laughs> I think. <laughs> well, I might need to listen to that. <laughs> oh, I don't know if I can hear that. Sorry. I can mildly hear it, but I'm not sure if my brain is now inventing it and putting it in. Maybe I've made it up. Who knows? Should we go to We Stand Up? We should, yes. Uh, so this does a does the the creature thing of just going straight into the song yeah and just no build up i mean they they either do one or the other they don't ever like go half between no. the, it's just like i don't know this this one and i think your private war they're both just like din, 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 yeah straight in <laughs> literally <laughs> like this is this is very alexis on fire to me like in terms of yeah like um thingy what's the fucking third track on crisis called about board frogs no the other no, one the one before four. that about arson, mailbox arson there you go mailbox arson yeah it's got that kind of yes. feel to me like it just this is the one i was literally just talking about where the left ear is and the right ear is like this yeah. bloody dun, 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 yeah like, yeah horrible thing but it's cool but like yeah this it, like my note for this is that it's the whole thing is like frantic it's just like yeah balls to the wall even the second verse drops down to like a tom beat but it's like dun, 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 like it's quick and there's a great bit of production as well. I've not really talked about... I feel like this is produced quite well, I think, about all the stuff we've talked about. But the mm-hmm. bit there's a bit in the second verse of this where, like, the right ear plays for four bars, I think, just like it plays the riff, and then it stops and the left ear plays for four bars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then yeah. they meet up in the middle. It's, it's just a cool idea. Yeah, they play a lot with, like, the, the fact that the guitars are on different ears. They yeah. play a lot with panning. Mm. Yeah. I was, I was going to talk about how it's potentially a, a sign of bad production so oh to... shit so it goes from good production in the verse to bad production i know there's that weird guitar sound that appears yeah so there's that like super reverby uh tapping sort like, of well, guitar but a little, little well but it's yeah. like phased reverbed chorus or something it's a very odd sound yeah and it, it is odd and i think no, I, I don't know. It, it it sort of at the time when I was making my notes, it seemed like one of those things where they've just chucked a riff in. Yeah. That maybe they shouldn't have needed to use, and they've yeah, just gone. Like, well, we had didn't it on the use shelf. this one yet. Yeah. 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 And then I just wanted to maybe get into a conversation about, like, obviously we, whenever we hear like a, a an idea, we always we're always straight to go. Oh, that's really good production. But we never blame the producer when it's a bad idea we always yeah, blame the band true. and they, yeah, that's it's true. just an interesting thing that we just sort of jump to one or the other yeah you're absolutely right it's because i think it's because it's hard to know when it's not a self-produced album like mm-hmm. like i i personally don't know how much sway the producer has like i they suggest things mm-hmm. but surely the band can be like fuck off you know what I mean? Yeah, that's true. Like, and yeah. so it's idea like it's generally just that. But you're right; it's probably not fair to just be like, "Well, they shouldn't have used that." Maybe the producer was like, "We need to add a thing in here," and they made yeah. them write a part or something. You know? Um, yeah, maybe. Yeah, it's very hard to know, isn't it? But you're right. We should be more mean to producers. We should, and less mean to bands. <laughs> yes. That's our New Year's resolution. <laughs> All right. Apart from uh, okay. Faith No More, that was their fault. <laughs> <laughs> How was that not self-produced? I can't get my <laughs> exactly. head around it. <laughs> exactly. I can't can't believe it. Um, should we talk about X's and O's? We should. Because this is a big Aven- old singly song. This is, um, isn't this Avenged Sevenfold? I'm pretty sure this is an Avenged Sevenfold <laughs> song, isn't it? It even starts with... It's just like... That's true. It's yeah. just fucking Sinister Gates. Bit of afterlife. Yeah, yeah it genuinely is. 
Yes, it's, but you're right. It's a very cool song. I really like this song. Yeah, it's a cool song. It absolutely is. But you're right. It's very singular. You can tell that this was the the obvious choice. Yeah. Um, I, I think it's really nice. Like uh, you build, like go down to the verse and you've just got this like really fuzzy bass and the drums and yeah. then just this like sliding guitar over the top. And it's mm-hmm. sort of like, it does that, does that band build from the chorus to the, that's uh, fr- from the verse to the chorus, which is really nice. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's cool. Uh, it is. Yeah. But I, I think it is like, this is the one that made me think, right. They, they clearly, I don't know. They, they clearly say, right, we're going to do however many singles on this album. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've only got nine songs. I guess you can't do that many singles, but it just makes me feel like that this is such a singly song. Yeah. And if you listen to something like last week, we had Fortitude and you don't go, well, this is the one that they spent all the time on and yeah. this one <laughs> got forgotten. It just feels like, I, I, it feels like this album has got a lot of like emphasis on certain albums in certain places. And mm-hmm. then, the rest sort of just fill in the gaps for me. That's yeah. that's my uh, early <laughs> review of things. Five stars, enemy. <laughs> Probably, yeah. Um, I actually got four out of five from Kerrang. Oh, okay. Just in case you're interested. Four, out, four and a half out of five from uh, Punk News. Oh, my favourite yeah. establishment. Okay. My, my favourite news for Punk my News. My favourite <laughs> punk pamphlet that I get. Uh, <laughs> this does have a fucking sweet wah solo though. Uh, it's oh nice. yes, it's a great bit solo. Of wah. Goddamn love yeah. it. And it goes between both ears. The solo, so mm. I don't know if I, they're yeah. trading off. I or... don't know either. Like, I there's no way I I couldn't see anything that said Travis does solos, but it seems weird to produce it and have the whole album like rely on the idea that here's one of them and here's mm-hmm. the other, and then do a solo yeah. and be like, ha ha, guess <laughs> like surely yeah. it's the same thing. Because I used to, like, this was around the time that I was getting into, like, playing a certain style. And, like, I, I used to use this band and other bands like this as, like, a lot of my sort of guitar education. Okay. So I I used to play along to a lot of their songs off this album and, and earlier stuff. And I'm pretty sure in, in earlier stuff, there were songs that had solos that traded and, yeah. and shared. So I, I think it must be the two of them. I mean, it's, it's difficult to tell because he hasn't got... a as we talked about with the, our six story solo, he doesn't have a specific style. It's not like he goes straight to the, the yep. wah shredding yeah. or the bluesy sort of style. Like yeah. He just sort of like does a bit of everything yeah. when he wants to. So it, it's difficult to say. Yeah, it's, it's a like thing, isn't it? The Steve Lucas, Eddie Van Halen trade-off. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Who's dive bombing the most? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Who's the best at tapping? God damn it. Yeah, exactly. Uh, and then we just get straight back into straight into a big old riff. Yeah, just chugging and, and growling stuff. I really like once it drops only into the bass. Yeah, that that riff. So because it comes back later, doesn't it? Where everything sort of matches that. But yeah, that when it drops in, it's like such a lovely bass tone as well. That sort of like distorted dugga dugga. Yeah, it's fucking sick that bit. And it's very, it's very groovy. It's quite Pantera-y. That, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's got a very style, southern, that, that southern style. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah nice. Do you yeah, like this yeah. song? I do. Like you say, it's sort of, it's sort of one of those things. I think you just talked about where it's like it's it's three and a half minutes, so it's never gonna never gonna get on my nerves. But mm-hmm. it's not it's not like a a world beater or anything. It's just sort of a cool yeah. riffing song. 
It's got some more up and downs. It's got some more left field. Ha, this is not what you heard earlier in the verse, etc. But, you know, like, yeah, it's, it's, it's just a cool little sort of mid-noughties metal song, I suppose. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, uh, yeah, it is. It's, um, I've got a, an apology in a, a uh, I guess, a re-edit to make from a very, very old episode. I don't know which episode it was. Okay. But this song ends with him like clearly in the booth finishing his vocal track shouting fuck, fuck and, then and then spitting, spitting. yes and i said many many weeks ago we were talking about i can't you brought it up and there was like a thing that a band did and you were like oh i love it when you like hear like between the takes sort of stuff or like after the take yeah and i i referenced this someone shouting fuck and spitting but I, I accredited it to Parkway Drive. So I apologise for misleading you all this time, Kyle. Well, you should be very sorry. Because <laughs> I've been there's, waiting. There's a Parkway Drive song where he drops the microphone and you hear the feedback from it. Oh, um, very You dangerous. hear like the thud and then a, the feedback. Um, okay. And for some reason I thought that this was, was him and it, and it wasn't. So sorry. You should be. But I'll forgive you I should be. for now. Thanks. Your New Year's resolution is to stop lying to me. <laughs> Do you remember what it was that you were talking about? That Absolutely was... no fucking idea. No. Why, why would you? That was a stupid Christ. question. <laughs> I wish I did, though. Because my yeah. points are always so pertinent. and so. Yeah. It's I mean... probably something about brothers in bands or something. <laughs> You've been trying to, trying to crowbar that theory into every episode. <laughs> I mean, there were two brothers involved in this, so who knows? That's true. Sort of. I mean, we can only find yeah. <laughs> yeah. reference to one of the brothers. Yeah, he did. He sure. did some in the other guy. Maybe he plays. Unless he changed his name to Alex Barkatsis. Uh, who knows? Who knows? Yeah. Um, anything else to say about your private war? No. Let's talk about the Swede riff that I referenced earlier at the start of my fork in the road. Oh, which is I love this riff so much. Fucking, it's so good. It's such a strange little riff. Like don't, but don't, yeah. don't, but don't, like, but that bit. Mm-hmm. When it breaks and he goes like, dig, 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 like, it's so yeah. fast. Like, yeah, it blows my mind every time yeah. I hear it. It's sick. Yeah, because that bit's like dueling as well. That's yeah. both of them, yeah, just yeah. like octaves apart or something. Mm. Uh, so the, the fact that they're like doing that sort of style, but like in perfect time with each mm-hmm. other, because it's not even just like, st- like it's in it's sixteen triplets. Or, yeah, 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 yeah. It's real fast. Yeah, it's it's very impressive. Mm. But I, I love this riff so much. Yeah, so do I. It's so uh, much that I need to learn yeah. it, I think. Oh, it's so easy as well. Is it? Oh, perfect. The, the only hard bit about it is trying to hit all the harmonics. That... I can't like I can't ever yeah, get them all yeah, yeah. quite right. Or like I get harmonics where I shouldn't get harmonics. But it's yeah, um, yeah it's it's not like a insanely difficult riff, even though it sounds oh, okay. really cool. That is, I mean, that's that's what you want, isn't it? it I mean, if I like... can play it, then. Yeah. <laughs> As you said earlier, it, it's such a mid-noughties song title as well. Oh. My Fork in the Rogue, Your Knife in the in My Back. I mean, that that I guess that sort of thing, because I hadn't listened to the album when I looked at the song titles, I was like, well, that's a pop-punk mm-hmm. title all over it. Like, yeah. this has to be a pop-punk song. Yeah, I, well, I, I also um, picked out some of their best from their previous two albums as well for you. Lay them on um, me. I mean, obviously, the, the album title, Suicide Notes and Butterfly Kisses, yeah. is pretty, pretty uh, of its time. But it they also is. had a song... They had a song called Five Vicodin Chased with a Shot of Clarity. <laughs> if that's not a Fallout Boy cover, I don't know what it is. Um, and they also had a song called My Sanity on the Funeral Pyre. Oh, so, that's cool. You know, yeah. 
Alrighty. <laughs> they were all about all about mixing metaphors. Ah. Uh. Yeah. But it, again, it's it's got that amazing riff, and then you get into the verse, and it's just this really simple, just It's it's weird. Like it's they really work, and they're such short, like like two note sort of repetitive things and, and I don't know why it works as much as it does because you'd think it would just get like really like it, I guess that is good production if you've got a a riff that is that sort of simple and thin mm. for then for it to still feel like there's a big thing underneath that because it's not like he, he's got so many gaps in those types of riffs yeah. because it's generally like two note stop two note stop that if there wasn't a good mix underneath that, then it would just feel like really flat, mm. I guess, wouldn't yeah, it? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I appreciate the fact that in any other band, that opening riff would be like the centre of the song and it would just be like, mm-hmm. we're going to play this to death. This is going to be it for four yeah. minutes straight with a chorus every now and then. And it's mm-hmm. cool that, like you say, they sort of do that super fast bit and then throw it away for a while and it comes back later. Yeah. Which yeah. you got to appreciate. You certainly do. It's also our final solo on the album. Um. And it doesn't disappoint. It's nope. got, uh, it's got a much more sort of showy, like Sinister Gate sort of style. I mean, yeah. I guess they're all quite showy solos, but I don't know. There's a lot, a lot more shredding in this one. Yes, absolutely. It feels like, like you say, like a statement. Yeah, it certainly does. And then my only other point on this song is that it's actually quite amusing that a song whose title has got such a long forced metaphor. <laughs> like, squeezed into it lyrically is so blunt and so like to the point yeah and it's just like why, why have you gone with such a, yeah, yeah, yeah like a, an unnecessary title when this yeah. song is just like literally just like i'm talking to you this is how I feel. Yeah. <laughs> yeah he used all of his poetry on the title and then he was like right he did i've got no That's time for that is. anymore fuck you yeah well clearly because he couldn't even he couldn't even name the final song yeah <laughs> um so this song is very different to the rest of the album. It is. It feels like a finale, though. You can see why they called it that when they were Bloody clearly does, writing it. it. Yeah, it really does. Yeah. Yeah. If only Creature felt like an intro. Untitled yeah. <laughs> intro. No, I'm, I'm, uh, I've been too harsh on that song. Do you like this? Uh, do you like this song? I do like this song, yeah. I love that it starts mm. with the chorus, which is really cool. Like, it's... it's yeah. I mean, it's more bass drum starting, but he's, he's a very good drummer. We've not really talked about it, but considering he he's... He's a really good drummer. Well, considering if they toured this, I guess he was drumming and singing. Like, it's very impressive. Yeah. I think I think their early stuff was mostly screaming, and he basically then learned how to sing whilst playing drums. Yeah. Um, and then was like, right, we, we can do this thing now. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, it works. Um, it does work yeah yeah but it's cool like that chorus is enormous and I absolutely love it but then you get this really mm. like fucking sludgy like verse yeah. which is a fucking sick yeah it is um, and then it just I mean we, we sort of get through that and then I get I guess most of what we want to talk about is this really long sort of one day like this style outro we surely do just like repeats that one line it like everything layers on top of itself yeah there's lead underneath like yeah just going crazy and that sort of just like everything fades away until it's just the drums and then like several vocal performances like he's doing screams in the background but mostly it's the clean refrain and gang vocals of that and then it's just i mean it basically it's just brandon showing off because it's his vocals and his drumming (laughs) yeah they were all like stop Um, playing 
Yeah, like, if I keep doing no. the drums, I get to keep singing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but I think it's a, a really great end to the episode. As do I. It's really, yeah. really good. So, I mean, you knew this album. You've, you may be not listening to it for a fair while. How does it feel coming back to it in 2022? 2022. My God. I know. Um, yeah, it's it's good. I'm glad we listened to it again. Um, I it's not a hall of famer for me okay um it's it is a good collection of songs and i really enjoyed going back to it i'm interested to see what you think because i obviously had like an element of nostalgia to Mm. it as well um so like a lot of this was like oh i remember learning to play that or i remember you know all these sorts of things um i think it's got some great songs on it i think maybe for the first time in our podcast history this feels like a really back-loaded album i think the back half is so strong and way stronger than the first half right like i know obviously i've, I've mentioned once or twice that i'm not keen on the opening track <laughs> being an opening track but i just think like four out of the back half is just like absolute bangers and it's it's just a strange thing like we i guess it's a short album so it's doesn't really matter that it's it's not like it's right at the end of an hour and a half but yeah it's um yeah, I think I just, I think partly the reason it's not a Hall of Famer is because it's not what I remembered it to be, maybe. Okay, it's, that's fair enough. It's not quite as hit after hit as I remembered it to be, probably yeah. because I was very into this type of metal when I was 16, and I'm yeah. not so now. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I remembered it being a lot riffier. I think I remembered it being a lot more like X's and O's and My Fork in the Road, where most of the album is actually quite... Um, chuggy yeah um, and and yeah so it, it's like it's a good collection of songs obviously it's also following Fortitude which was just a grand piece of yeah <laughs> marvellous work all round so you know it's difficult to do that um, so yeah it's it's fine I don't dislike it but it's not excellent so yeah how do you feel? I feel pretty much the same like I had a good time listening to it I think Mm-hmm. Um, there was like a weird trepidation where I thought, well, there must be a reason that I didn't ever listen to them. If I'd seen them on Kerrang, I must have been avoiding yeah. them on purpose. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, I was sort of braced for like, this is going to be one of those bands that I hate. And I not mm-hmm. at all. Like you say, I, I like the, the dynamic between the two vocals. The music is cool. Like he's a very, uh, Dan and Travis do some really cool stuff on guitar and Brandon's great on on the drums. And, it, you know, it'd be mean to not point out that Mark is holding his own as well. Um but yeah, I think you're right that it's just not. It's considering it's half an hour long. It's this. This still. It's not the strongest collection of songs. There's only nine hmm. on it, and it's only half an hour. But there still yeah. somehow manages to be a few sort of duds. Isn't the right word. There's certainly not a point on the album where I'm like skip this shit. But no, it's but also, there's certainly some album tracks. Yes, there absolutely are. Which yeah, which I guess on an on a nine track short album feels a bit strange. Yeah. Like um, yeah. that you wouldn't. Yeah, like, I don't know, put your nine best songs forward or whatever. So, yeah, it's just not a Hall of Fame for that reason. It's in no way an album that I didn't enjoy listening to. It's just the highs are real high, and the fact that there aren't nine highs is quite strange. Um, mm, exactly, so, yeah, yeah. so, yeah, it's just not it's just not as consistent as, as it should be, really, I guess, or, or could be, uh, given yeah. given what, what it is. So, yeah, so it's good, totally but agree. just not Hall of Fame. Perfect. Okay, uh, so that means one song is going to go on the playlist, what did you pick? 
So you won't be happy to know that I picked Creature. Sorry! (laughs) And then the one that I'm probably most wanting on the playlist is Untitled Finale. Um, Mm -hmm. And then I couldn't really decide between Shameful and The Theft because I quite like that The Theft changes things up. Um, and I and I like Shameful. Um, okay. So I'm very sorry that I've not picked your favourite back half of the album, but there you go. Sure. What about you? Okay, well, I have picked my favourite back half of the album. Uh, okay. uh, <laughs> so I've got X's and O's, yeah. My Fork in the Road, yeah. and Untitled Finale. Then Untitled Finale, I get my wish. <laughs> you do. I mean, it, it does mean we don't get the best riff on the album on the True. playlist. But True. it's fine. Um, but I think uh, as penance, you can just go and learn the riff. How's that? That's fine. Absolutely. I'll put I'll put yeah. a video of me playing it on Instagram. <laughs> Wonderful. Okay, I expect it by nine o'clock tomorrow morning on my <laughs> desk. Thank you, sir. <laughs> okay, sure. Challenge accepted. <laughs> so that means Untitled Finale is going onto the playlist and we should pick an album for next week. We certainly should. I have the number. Do you have the spreadsheet? I've got a spreadsheet. Perfect. We have 72. 72. Dun, 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 dun. Ooh, Kyle, you're going to be very happy. Um, that makes me nervous. It's it's a band called Arcane Roots. Duh, shit! First full-length album, Blood and Chemistry. Woo! It finally happened! Which you are on record as saying you know and enjoy. <laughs> That's putting it mildly. Yes. <laughs> um, so yeah, Blood and Chemistry, Arcane Roots. Fuck, okay. Well, that makes me excited. Perfect. Yeah, talking about bands that don't come back to things that's for sure yeah christ <laughs> christ alive oh where can people find cool. us rich uh people can find us on instagram and twitter at chew the metal you can email us at chew the metal at gmail.com for recommendations and uh, to say you agree or disagree with us and, and whatever you want to say just say hello uh you can rate and review us on the apple podcast app uh you can also now rate us on Spotify as well. So uh, if you haven't haven't done both of those things by now, then don't know what you're doing. And you should yeah. go do them right this second. Yes, please. And then come back to us, please. <laughs> um, so that was a death grip on yesterday by Atreyu. We're going to go listen to Blood and Chemistry by Arcane Roots, ah! and we'll see you then. Thank you. Bye. <laughs> So there's like two yep. more, and then what? Then we'll be on to your birthday choice, I suppose. Yes, we'll pick two today. Yeah. Uh, do like do that as a double thing, and then it will be my birthday, Christmas day, day, and cool.